Hey everyone, this is Noah, coming at you live with another juicy episode of the Skeleton Crew. Hope everybody is having a good holiday season. By the time this comes out, it will have already been Christmas, so Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy Holidays. Wish everybody a great New Year's as well. Hope everybody's staying happy and staying healthy. Before we start the episode, just wanted to let everybody know that we're going to be taking a little break, going on a short hiatus from the Skeleton Crew, so there's not going to be any more episodes coming out for the rest of December, but we will be coming back around mid-January, so we'll be sure to keep you posted on what's going on there. Just taking a little break, enjoying the holiday season, things always get busy around this time. However, our other show, Riftwalkers, is still going to be going strong, so you guys can listen to that to tide you over in the meantime. As always, make sure you follow us on Twitter for any updates about the show, at Flash Fantasy, and feel free to drop in, join our Discord, come say hi, and be sure you keep an eye out on our website. We're going to have some new stories going up there really soon, I think this coming Monday, a new story is going to be up there, so if you want a little bit of extra content, go check that out as well. Anyway, don't want to take up any more of your time, here's the Skeleton Crew. After finding a strange anomaly within their computer systems, Popo pulled the crew out of hyperspace above the desolate planet of Mona. They located the wreckage of the Sith ship, the Warlock, that West and Skoga had participated in the destruction of nearly 10 years prior. Now, Gordax, Skoga, Popo, and Wes, boarding the wreckage of the Warlock, find themselves in dim hallways lit only by the outside stars cascading in through bits and pieces of splintered steel. West turns on a flashlight. All right. You have now made the dim hallway not as dim. Oh, thank you, Wes. I was beginning to wonder if we were just walking in darkness here, but what is it actually that we're hoping to find? I mean, I'm as much one to just go wandering through decrepit, blown-up pieces of ship, but is there really anything worth finding here? Well, my rather large, multi-appendaged friend, (laughs) do you like leaving mysteries unsolved, especially when those mysteries have adverse effects on your ship's systems? Well, we got rid of this bug or virus, didn't no, we? No, 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 no. It was planted on our ship by this husk. We want to find where it is and find the purpose so we can, you know, prevent others from receiving the fate, see if there's a fate that is even worse oh, for us. so now we care about others. I see how this is. The biggest reason is because we need to see if there is something worse that we couldn't detect in the virus. So, we are going to find the source of this, and then we're going to get the heck out of here after we have verified that nothing's going to go horribly wrong when we go back into hyperspace. When you put it that way, I guess I can see the logic behind it. Carry on, then. So, um, I'm going to try and triangulate where the source of that would have come from. I'm going to start, though, by seeing if there are any systems that are still running in the vicinity that I can like tap into. 
like a terminal. So there are wall panels and consoles and wires that you could tap into, but nothing here is particularly active. You can still trace the faintest signal of this virus from your own hardware into the warlock, but that'll take some metal. So if you want to do a computer check, that'll be too difficulty, too challenge. Well, I'd say we go deeper into the ship because none of these systems are working, shall we? And then he begins walking into the hallway, um, hopefully headed in the direction of the deeper part of the ship. As they're walking through the ship, Wes does have an idea. Turning to Popo, he just says, Is there a possibility that we can, I don't know, somehow bait this virus into infecting something again? Can we set up maybe a, a false astrogation system or a false thing? If it's just a program on the ship, maybe it's passing into everything, and then we can find a way to allow it to infect something, and we can follow it back. So your assumption is that it was the navigation system that was the bait or that drew it in? See, the problem with your logic, Wes, is that we have no way of... I never said it was logic. Whatever. Whatever you monkeys call it. The problem (laughs) here is that we have no way of knowing exactly what part of the ship drew the virus in. It could have been the entirety of the ship. Do you want me to make an, a mocked-out version of the entire ship just to test where it is, or could we just walk a few hundred more feet and maybe find it? We are welcome to walk the hundred feet. I merely thought that we might decide instead to remake the electronics of an entire ship. The computer... See, you're trying to work smarter, not harder, because you're perfectly lazy. The thing is... Being lazy does not automatically mean you're working smarter. It just means you're lazy. So let's let the experts on computers and thinking with more than one brain cell decide what to do. And how about you take a back seat to this whole thinking train and take your monkey brain and go eat a banana or something. Uh, <laughs> Wes is going to use a destiny point to say that he already knew this. And he is going to press Popo's off button for a quick sec. Just so we can press it on again. <laughs> so he's like, what a use of a destiny point. That's, he's just, he's just going to like click it off, and it's only going to be a couple of seconds. Click it on, and just walk away. <sighs> That's all Popo says. He just sighs. <laughs> As this little shenanigan was happening, Gordax was pressing on, kind of putting out some feelers, seeing what laid further down the hallway if there were any offshoots or if it's a pretty straight shot into whatever room or area they're going towards. As you have moved deeper, the offshoot hallways now end in actual rooms instead of just the oblivion of space. And you pass by plenty of empty rooms, broken doors, fractured hole, until finally Gordax, you round a corner and you see a, not central command, but probably a secondary or tertiary command structure. A large room, a raised platform in the middle with an array of different computers and whatnots. Any sign of, not life, but any sign that these computers are active in any way, shape, or form? On one of them, on the platform, there is one red blinking light. Hey, Popo, rest of you. You better get down here and see this. I think this could be the source of this signal. And he points into the room. Don't touch anything. You might ruin it or blow us all up or something. Let me check. 
and then Papo comes and examines the blinking red light. As Papo says that, you see Skoga stop in his tracks as one of his claws was going to press a button right next to this blinking light. It's like, and he takes his hand back. (sighs) I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay, let's do this thing. Upon hearing that, Wes looks at Papo again and says, You say that, but we blew up this ship ten years ago, so these idiots can do something. Yes, it's called sheer dumb luck. Unfortunately, the universe has an abounding resource of it just in store for the skeleton crew. Let me take a look at this system. And then he does a computer check to analyze it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is going to be... Two difficulty, three challenge. Oh. Oh. I think that is our first ever despair. That is our first ever despair. I don't think I've seen a, uh, someone roll a despair on well, this show yet. Well, I also don't think that we've ever rolled any reds on this show, so. We have. That's just very not often. Maybe like once or twice. Yeah, very rarely. Just before anything happens, you hear Papo say some expletive in a language none of you know. <laughs> so with those three advantage and the one to spare, Skoga, Gordax, and Papo, I think, were the closest. Wes hadn't really made his way onto the command platform. So if each of you would like to spend one of those advantage, you can vacate the platform as quickly as possible, perhaps in a dive or a jump or a roll. Would we have any reason to? Yes, because the light starts blinking faster and faster and faster until uh, it definitely sounds like a bomb. Yeah, Gordax gets the F off of there. Papo says, get out! And he leaps away. Skoga does as well. And as you clamber to the ground and this blinking light goes almost solid, it's going so fast, and there's a little ringing din of this alarm, like a little and then it just shuts off. Wes, who was never on the command platform in the first place, looks at the three people who just dived off of this, raises one eyebrow, and he is going to walk onto the platform. And as Wes, your foot touches onto the platform, you feel this miasma come over you. A sluggishness in your mind and body and you begin to hear very distinctly a voice. You know, when you're in battle, you can almost hear the rifle speak, Skoga. Wes, maybe one day you'll figure it out, but I highly doubt it. Wait, is that legit? Is that... Was it Damien's voice carried to us (laughs) on the wind? (laughs) So Wes does actually hear this. That's why I just wanted to confirm that. Yes, you actually hear this, and everyone else is basically just non-existent. Wes, upon hearing this and recognizing the voice, he's overwhelmed from this this feeling of being, and that combined with hearing the voice, he kind of shakes his head a little bit, trying to clear it out of this, clear out this funk that's kind of in there, and he thinks back. I guess he doesn't say anything out loud. He tries to think back, like a directed thought, and just says, huh, I always preferred the voices of women. Wes... I don't think I can ever trust him again. Forgive Iso? Sure. But trust? Never. And Wes, as you complete your step, as I said, you had grown, you had gone to like a a snail's pace. You complete your step onto the platform. You can move now almost uh, at a normal pace. Everything still seems to be slowed. And you can see the forms of Skoga and Gordax and Popo like, super slow motion getting to their feet. There's almost a uh, 
overlaid image of, you know, just the crew quarters of the Kepler-12, where this command platform is. And sitting at the Dejeric table is Damien. Again, very miragey, kind of out of focus, coming into focus. The edges are just light. That escapes your vision. Uh, Wes is going to approach. Speaking to Damien, he says, I, um, I don't think you'll have to worry anymore about Iso. He's gone with the clap. Though, I must say I'm surprised to see you here. Wes, why don't you take a seat? It's been a long time. You want to play a game or just sit and talk? Wes turns on the whatever table Ryan just said. I forgot what it was. Jarek. 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 Is that the space chest? Yeah. It's the thing that Chewbacca and R2-D2 were playing in Star Wars on the Millennium Falcon. Wes powers it up. Ah, game it is. I don't think you ever were able to beat me at this one, but uh, maybe there's a first time for everything. It's been a long ten years. Wes has a slightly confused look on his face as he doesn't recall playing Dejeric with Damien, but it's totally possible that they were bored enough on the ship at some point to try it out a couple of times. So he says, "Ah, I'm not much of a player myself. More of a fan of classic Alderanian chess. Yes, that's the last four excuses you used when you lost. (laughs) I don't think it's going to work this time, Wes. So how about it? Well, let's play. And these little, again, blurry, coming in and out of focus holograms of you know, monsters and whatnot pop up on the Dejeric table. So, what have you guys been up to besides, you know, leaving me all alone? I spent ten years trading in information. Did okay for myself. I believe Skoga spent most of that time killing things. Iso's dead, so it doesn't really matter what he did. Iso's... what? Iso's dead? Yes, yes. He, uh... He was with us for a few moments, and then, yeah, he died when the clap exploded. The... the clap? Oh, yeah. That was our ship. The Thunderclap. That's what they called it. No, it was a Thunderclap. We called it the Clap. (laughs) <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Sorry, just... We were never good at giving names. The memory's a little fuzzy, you know, finding your father and brother and all that will do that to you. It's pretty impressive that you're here. I recall you being incinerated into a million pieces by a thermal detonator. At this point, Wes feels a hand on his shoulder as Skoga was coming to try to snap him out of it because he could tell something was going on. And as Skoga, you know, rose to his feet, over this time, behind Wes, slow motion came up onto this platform. Skoga now also, this wave of sluggishness washes over you, and you see Papo and Gordax slow to nearly a halt, where then this mirage of sorts then starts to build itself up around you. Again, you can still see the uh, command structure and the wreckage of the warlock all around. It's just like a, a fuzzy overlay. Skoga, looks like you grew that arm back again. Good job. Faster than I'd expected. Yep. Twice over, actually. So, got cut off again, but then I got it back again, so... Long story, how's it hanging, Damien? Oh, you know, just... it's hanging. I've been waiting for you guys. I wondered where you went. You know, here and there, killing Sith, doing stuff, you know. That's about it. Killing Sith... Uh, 
Those were the good old days, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they were. What have you been doing? Just chilling out being one with the Force or something? Uh, one with the Force. Skoga, you guys have taken so long to get back here. I, it's all a blur. We've just been waiting. What took you so long? It's been like, what, ten years? Right, Wes? Ten years? Yeah. It's not too long if you're a certain... Ten years? Yeah. Look, I'm going to be honest, Damien. I didn't really see a reason to come back. Because you got blown to bits. Um, vaporized, in fact. Which I appreciate because you saved the rest of our bacon. But, like, I put bits of your ashes and ch probably some chunks of dirt into an urn. And we kept it above the fireplace on the clap. But, you know, that got blown up, so... Skoga, I'm pretty sure that was a dream. I'm right here. No, uh, I am afraid I have to back up Skoga on this one. You were dead. I'm very dead. What? No, no, no. You guys are silly. I'm right here. You guys just took too long to get back to the ship. You must have been killing all those Sith, like you said. I've been waiting for Bog. I, I can't find him anywhere. Oh, he's, he's just on the ship. He's, I mean, he's right here, but, um... Unless, how to put this, unless you are somehow instructed from the Force, which, to be frank, would not be the strangest thing that I think the Force has done, then you're pretty much dead. <laughs> Wes, if I had passed on into the Force, I would have lost all my individuality. I'd be part of it, one with it, completely and wholly. If I'm still here and I have everything, then I'm not dead. It's impossible. The Jedi have known this for years. Don't be so silly. Come on, guys. This is a prank, right? No. No. Yeah. Um. You probably don't remember it. So yeah, I'll give you the. I'll give you the highlights. Right. We came here. We killed Darth Brachus, and you had this like really moving moment where you chose the light side instead of the dark. It was very symbolic, and coincidentally, your last name was Gray. You know, like a mix of light and dark. But I don't think that was planned. And then we went down to the planet's surface where your brother Riyadh followed us. And then you guys, like, were duking it out. We were all duking it out, but we were in pretty bad shape because I only had one arm. So I couldn't, I wasn't fighting at full power. And then I think at one point you gave us all, like, a wink. And then you turned around and a thermal detonator blew up. And you blew up with it. With Riyadh, though, so... Good news is, it was a two-for-one deal. We got Riyadh and Brachus. Unfortunately, though, you bit the big one, buddy. It was very heroic, if that helps. Mm. And it was very touching. It was very touching. I learned a lot about friendship. From you. And from the others, but... Brachus? Riyadh? Oh, you don't remember Riyadh? Don't worry, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't a very good guy. We thought he was cool, and then he tried to kill us. No, I know Riyadh. He's... He's here too. I can feel him. Oh, that's probably because he's dead as well. He died like right next to you. There's probably some sort of quantum entanglement or something going on. Can that happen if you're incinerated simultaneously? I've heard it's a very common ailment on Mustafar. I... Hold on. Brachus? I remember Riyadh. He betrayed us. And I feel his presence. I woke up from a battle and... Followed the tracks here to the ship, and you guys were still gone, and I couldn't raise you on the comms, so I just waited. But Riyadh's somewhere on this planet, and... But Brachus, I don't know that name. Wes says, Damien, 
Honestly, it's really simple. This ship, we didn't take this ship to Mona. We haven't seen this ship for years, and yet here it is. Mona, no, 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 this is, this isn't Mona, this is, this is Ilum, right? Nope, it's Mona. We are actually on your father's ship, what's, what's left of it. My father. We're floating in the rotting hulk of the warlock in space. Now having finally had the opportunity to step up to where Gordax has seen Wes and Skoga, could he see them like visibly talking with someone or did they just look to be like kind of slowed in space? They looked like they were having the effect that they saw on you. So slowed and shimmery. Okay. Then Gordax now enters the fray trying to reach his comrades. And as Gordax muscles his way into this vision and Damien meets eyes with him, a a wave of confusion goes over Damien's face at this unfamiliar figure in the Kepler-12. And then Popo, outside, still looking at all of his comrades in this sort of bubble of the force, they just disappear as it pops. Oh no... Uh, This is why I should just go alone on these stupid away missions so that the biologicals don't get into trouble with magic and whatnot. I'm so sick of it. Was Gordax able to see anything when he stepped in? Like, could he see that for a brief second? Or did it just... Yeah, you you saw the Kepler-12 and everything. And Popo, on your comms, you hear the crackle and and Drell's like, Popo! Popo! Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, Drell. I can hear you. I can always hear you. You don't have to yell so freaking loud <laughs> well i've been yelling for like a half hour half an hour we've only been standing here for like half a minute <sighs> goodness look something's something's going on what you all should get back to the ship pronto well <laughs> funny thing about that there drell you see the biological meat sacks that were all with me just kind of disappeared in a bubble of magic i i i'm sorry what we'll switch over to everyone else as Gordax, Skoga, Damien, and Wes find themselves in freefall, finally coming to a pretty violent stop on the surface of a gray planet. Temperate pine trees swaying ever so slightly in a brisk wind that whips around dust and ash. Is this old Mona? It looks like Mona. Everything that you see, including yourselves, and if you chance to look at Damien, look concrete. No longer this sort of mirage and shimmer. Does Damien look any older? Not a minute older. And Mona does not look like what we expected from our uh, just kind of our, our looking at it in space. No, when you looked at it in space, it was it looked like a dead world, scorched, glassed, just everything had been wiped away. It looks like it was when you had been there. Gray grass tall, thin pine trees. So, upon our arrival, Damien rolls back onto his feet, stands up, and says, Who's the basilisk? Ah, I am Gordax Gillick. Pleased to meet you. And he thrusts forward one of his lower arms. Who are you? How did you get Uh, here? Now, now, now. You are the one who I should be asking those questions. You appeared out of nowhere. See, me and my crew here, Skoga and Wes... We were boarding a ship in space. Wait, Skoga, you know this interesting person? All right, now there are some introductions in order. All right, so, okay, first things first. One, I forgot how much Mona sucks. Gray everywhere. (laughs) Terrible, all right? Really bad for the skin. 
but it looks like you're holding up all right, Damien. Two, this is Gordax. He has been running with us for a little bit now. What are you talking about? You see, after Iso died, because remember I told you ten years had passed, right? And we all went our separate ways, and then we all got No, 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 Skoga, Skoga, the fight was two days ago. I've been on the ship for, like, no more than two days. No, but, all right, you don't get it, Damien. All right, you don't get it. Now, this is some weird force, Trandoshan warlock mumbo-jumbo. I don't know what's going on. In fact, all these weird things have been happening. Like, we were on Ilum a couple of weeks ago, and we got transported, and I met a couple of Mandalorians, and Wes and Gordax met a couple of Twi'leks from a different dimension. It was weird. So you're just going to have to go with me on this one. Like, I'm, gr- I'm glad that it's only been two days for you. And don't worry too much about the future, all right? Don't worry about being exploded or anything. Just pretend like I didn't say anything about your death. But in the meantime, you do have to know we are from another time, like in the future or something, right? Search your feelings. You know it to be true. (laughs) No, Skoga, you're from right now, and you grew your arm back really fast. Either that or my memory of that battle is a little different. Because I thought you had it cut off. You seem kind of stare off into the distance. Damien, look, I, I, can, I can show you. I can prove to you that what we're saying is true. You see Wes, and he really quickly presses a couple of buttons on his cuff like he does. Bada bing, bada boom, his jacket changes colors. And he says, Damien, Damien, could I do that? Do you honestly think that I would have been wearing that horrific brown this entire time on Mona, if I could have done that. Clearly not. Do I have my lightsabers? You have both of them, yes. Damien flicks on the blue lightsaber and aims it right at Wes and says, Who are you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, all right, look, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Look, here, look, check this out. Check this out. All right, look, I don't have my rifle with the bayonets anymore. Instead, I have this big sword, right? Now, That why? explains nothing. No, but it makes sense, you see. We must be from the future, because if it really only was two days, then why would I get rid of my rifle in the middle of such a critical time? I'm pretty sure when your arm got cut off, the rifle was destroyed. Duh. We were all there, Skoga, except for this imposter. But it wasn't destroyed. Wes would not be wearing that color. Would it make you feel better if I cut my arm off? Would you like me to do that? It'll really set the mood. Yeah, go ahead. And he, like, reaches his arm forward, like, just do it, man. Like, if it'll make you feel like we're from this time. Well, it would be good payback for the leg you'd cut off. And then he kind of lifts his pant leg and and shows the robotic leg and says, See, Skoga, I can't grow this stupid thing back. I had to get a stupid prosthetic that I have all these phantom pains, and it's all your stupid fault. I still remember that. Damon, do you honestly believe that we don't know how to grow legs from cells and then attach them? I mean, I do. Clearly we do. We just think it's better to chuck a piece of robot on you. And honestly, I can't say they're wrong. It looks pretty great. Okay, Damien, look. Let's just agree to disagree for now. What we need to do is we need to find the source of like a virus that was affecting our ship. Because we were on the way to go find a Sith artifact. And then our ship got hijacked and we made it to the Warlock, and now we're here. So I really hope it wasn't you that was, like, doing some weird stuff. I don't know, but, like... Me, doing computer stuff. 
really. <laughs> I just got transported 10 years into the past, all right? So I wouldn't put it past you to know how to do some computer crap or something. Wes, you can back me up on this, right? We have no idea what's going on here. Wes has actually stopped paying so much attention to Damien at this point, feeling like it's a lost cause trying to convince him, and is just attempting to see what their next move could be. And so he, you know, turned to Skoga. Yeah, we, we don't know. Tell you what, I'll just accept that all this is weird because the Mjolnir is probably doing something. So maybe we need to go figure out if he's... Perfect. No, no, no. Try to speak to my mind. Can you hear me, Wes? No, you can't, can you? Well, I have my mental blocks up, so you couldn't get to me anyway. And you can't hear Skoga. The reason you can't hear us is because after we fought Riyadh, the Meow Meow came and took that away from us. I have no connection to that anymore. Neither does Skoga, and neither would Iso if he has no if he had not already lost his connection to life. So I'm not that Wes. Hmm. Well, whatever. <sighs> What's going on then? Something weird's definitely going on. I can accept that at the very least. Well, I would recommend that you take a couple of seconds to just enjoy the fact that you're alive. Because once this all goes away, you won't be anymore. So, Mona, we were on Mona in the future. We are now on Mona in the past. So, like, are we just in the middle of freaking nowhere on Mona? Like, it's just gray and trees and nature? It's just, yeah, it's, it's barren. You can maybe pick out some farm fields on the horizon, but maybe a little shack or two. Some sort of farmstead. Wes is going to try to contact Bog. Okay. On what channel? Like the the MobQuets channel? Yeah, whatever we were using most recently. He's not going to change anything. As you try to patch in, you're swiftly able to, but there's really nothing there. No one's using the channel currently. In that case, Wes is going to try to contact Bog. I guess he probably won't remember the channel they were using 10 years ago, so I won't try to pull that stretch. Yeah, I guess then... Middle of Mona, no ship around, right? No. No ship. He's going to turn to Damien then. He's going to say, well, um, since both Skoga and I believe we are here from the future and Gordax would have no reason knowing, uh, where's the ship? Yeah, I have no idea. That was delightfully unhelpful. (laughs) Tell you what, I'm going to reach out with the Force and see what I can find. I forgot the Force existed. Man, those were the days. <laughs> a little bit of dark rage. <laughs> there was a lot of bit of dark rage. In there was a lot of dark rage. So a light side point I rolled. A single light side point. You rolled two light side points. And a dark side. As you reach out with the Force, you do feel a presence kind of broiling just underneath the surface like a tree root that you can tap into and follow along, leading toward the little farm that uh, Gordax had noticed. Let's go to this farm. I feel something over there. Mm, yes, yes. was just about to say the same thing. Well, you have good intuition. Gordax, was it? Yes. Do you have any relation to the famous chef Gordax Ramsay? Because, you know, you have that whole apron and the meat cleavers and you're a basilisk and your name is Gordax. <laughs> and it sounds like the cooking show I watched once while I was on Tatooine. Yes, yes, one of the same, one of the same. Oh. Damien, we don't like to talk about that stuff. It's a very sore subject for him. No, no, no. He can talk about me all he wants, Skoga. It's when he names that other fiend of a man that we start getting into trouble. <laughs> 
So I assume Gordax then orates his entire history to Damien as you trek your way across this open field. He does. Finally arriving at this tiny farmstead. It is not a long enough walk. (laughs) And it is at that point that I will kick my once master into the boiling pot and hear his last words. Oh, well, uh, what do you know? We're here. Anyways, I say we take a look around, shall we? Couldn't hurt. And Gordax goes to uh, investigate the nearest structure. Yeah, examine the general premise. How about Wes and Gordax, why don't you both do a three difficulty perception roll? Two successes and two threat. One failure, one advantage. As Gordax, you start making your way toward the buildings in this farmstead itself. You don't find anything of note. They look old, weathered, but not abandoned. Not, like, just left here or unattended to. And Wes, looking through the field, you do notice tracks and signs of activity. Someone may have even harvested whatever these crops are not too long ago. Well, Wes shares this information um, with everyone, just saying, there's tracks here, the crops are gone, buildings don't look so tattered, they're (laughs) older, weathered, but not run down. I think someone might live here. Maybe there's something inside that can tell us more. While I shirk at the idea of breaking into someone's home, I honestly don't care that much. And he goes to walk in to try to figure out if anyone's there. He'll knock first, but he's not that upset at just going in. As you knock on the door that's little more than, you know, planks roped together, it swings inward just with your tap. He's even less upset about going in. He's going to walk in. He's going to try to just examine. So it looks like the building and the area has been used recently. Maybe inside tells a different story and people have been only using the outside. He's going to try to see if he can notice anything different inside. It's dark. There's a bed in the corner. It seems to be made. There's a small table, a little stove. It's very rudimentary. Is there any dust? Maybe on the windowsill and such, but it's pretty clean. There is a small terminal. Let's plug in, see what we can get. He's going to try to power it up and plug in, see if he can find out what exactly is going on. It's an old one. Takes a couple seconds to power on. You hear the classic, like, dial-up noise. Do-do-do. As it prompts you for a login, that's where you're at. He is going to use the login, name, admin, password, one, two, three, four, five. (laughs) Unfortunately, that comes back saying that password and username are incorrect <laughs> stinker so it's no one's grandmother he's going to try to enter maliciously using his computer abilities Are you gonna try to slice it yeah that's what they call it slice it too difficulty but you're gonna have a setback just because of the age of this thing damien skoga and gordax are all still outside yes yep so with the shack there's also a sizable barn gordax would have headed in that direction i got two successes and three advantages you come to a simple home screen There isn't much in terms of navigation. All that there seems to be is a sort of written diary. It's a pretty long log, though. It would take a good time to read. Wes sees no other pressing matters, so he uh, puts his boots on the table and he starts reading. (laughs) All right. Outside, then, Gordax is stalking toward the barn. Uh, What is Damien and Skoga? As Gordax is heading to the barn, Skoga's like, Oh, hang on a sec. If I remember correctly... That could be like some sort of weird villager who's going to turn into like a massive pile of goo. So we should probably go in armed and dangerous. Massive pile of goo. Skoga, the only way I enter a building is armed and dangerous. (laughs) And he throws open the doors. (laughs) With neither blaster nor cleaver in hand. (laughs) 
<laughs> so is that arm to play on his many arms? Yes. <laughs> Freaking Gordax. I'm always dangerous, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> and as you push these double barn doors open, you know, the quintessential pigeons fly out as you disturb the otherwise peaceful setting on the inside here. A ray of sunlight, you know, beams down through slits in the ramshackle roofing. But other than some piles of straw or hay or whatnot, feed, it's empty. Ha! See that, Skoga? There's nothing to be worried about here. Now come, let's take a look around. Gordax, you obviously don't watch enough movies, all right? We should stab every one of these haystacks, all right, just in case there's something hiding inside. Skoga starts going around stabbing. Well, we could stab them. And as Skoga's stabbing, Gordax takes out his blaster pistol and just starts bringing out shots throughout the barn (laughs) into these hay bales. Just like unloads a full energy cell, whips it out, claps on a new one. (laughs) Just like all four of his hands pointing in different directions. (laughs) Damien just sighs and says, Ah. Nothing has changed, nor will it ever. And then he pulls up a lightsaber and starts poking in some tails of hay. All right, that's the spirit, Damien. If there's something hiding out in here, we're going to get it. Well, there was nothing moving in mine. What about yours? Nope. At least not anymore. And then you hear a, like a click and a whir as a blaster hums to life. Gordax, you feel the tip of its barrel pointed against the back of your head. And a figure comes out from the hay where you were standing. And it says, you should have shot straighter, kid. 